0: Chapter Two of the Quest of the Golden Pearl. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Quest of the Golden Pearl by John Robert Hutchinson. Chapter Two. It was the afternoon of the day on which the shark charmer so unwillingly walked the plank. The breeze was so light and fitful that it barely ruffled the surface of the sea about the schooner. Weary of the narrow limits of the deck, Don and his chum dropped into the boat and rowed ashore, Puggles, as a matter of course, bearing them company. "'Those beastly sands are like an oven,' growled Don, lifting his helmet to cool his dripping forehead. "'Where shall we go, Jack?' "Bazaar," replied Jack laconically. "'Always some fun to be had there.' pug point for the bazaar me pointin sah puffed the black boy setting his dumpy legs in motion puggles was never so much in his element as when thus strutting pompously in advance warning common nigger humanity of the white sub's approach at some times the disdainful tilt of his nose the supreme self-complacence of his expansive grin were as good as a show a gay and animated scene did the bazaar present Back and forth through the temporary streets surged an endless throng of natives of every shade of complexion and variety of costume. Buying, selling, shouting, jabbering, drinking with friends or fighting with enemies. Much cry and little wool, laughed Jack. There's a big black fellow yonder auctioning off some pearl oysters. Let's have a go at the next lot. All right, assented Don. Perhaps we'll have a stroke of luck the gov knew a poor half-case once who bid in such a chance lot as this and in one of them he found sixty-eight thumping big pearls cleared thousands of pounds by that one bid the gov says pug here pug coming up!" gasped a faint voice and puggles wriggled his way from amongst the bystanders shining with abundant perspiration and squeezed well-nigh flat by the pressure of the crowd pug said his master up on this creel with you and when that big black fellow yonder puts up his next lot bid him in up went puggles nothing loath to escape further squeezing and up went the auctioneer's next lot in five minutes time the few dozens of oysters composing the lot were knocked down to the black boy at an absurdly low figure here you are said don handing him the coin pass that over and fetch the things away till we see what's inside them Making a dive for the oysters, Puggles scrambled them into his cloth, and followed the sibes to the outskirts of the crowd, blowing like a porpoise. Finding a convenient patch of shade beneath a banyan tree, within a few yards of the lazy turf, they proceeded to ascertain, without further delay, whether the shells contained anything of value. "'Him plenty smell got anyhow,' commented Puggles as he arranged the oysters, which had been several days out of the water, in a small pyramid." Jack threw himself on the sand and surveyed the rough discolored heap with unqualified disgust They don't look very promising. I must say he cried try that big one on top Don Inserting the blade of his pocket knife between the shells of the bivalve Don prized it open and carefully examined its contents It contained nothing of any value Jack looked listlessly on while his companion opened shell after shell with no other result than the finding of two or three miserable specimens of pearls so small that as jack laughingly said one might stick them in one's eye and forget the moment after where one had put them only three or four shells now remained unopened and don was on the point of abandoning the search in disgust when jack who had edged himself on his elbow as close to the heap as the villainous odor of the these composed oysters would allow snatched up a shell of large size and said let me have the knife a moment will you this looks promising it's the biggest of the whole lot anyhow there you are then i've had enough of them myself said don tossing him the knife and walking off he had not proceeded half a dozen yards however when a loud shout brought him back at a run jack and puggles were eagerly bending over the opened oyster what is it he asked breathlessly Going down on his knees beside them, Jack thrust the half shell towards him. It was literally filled with magnificent pearls. Not a word was spoken as the glistening, priceless globules were carefully abstracted from their unsightly case and laid upon Pug's coffee-colored palm. Twenty-five pearls of matchless size and brilliancy did Jack count out ere the store was exhausted. So taken up were they with their good fortune that not one of the three observed a native creep stealthily towards them under cover of the tree There's been nothing like it known on the grounds for years cried Don excitedly any more Jack No more said Jack and was about to throw the shell away when Puggles caught his arm Stop sir stop me see something yellow in shell stick knife in the meat sir that side with the point of the blade jack prodded the substance of the oyster at the point indicated and presently laid bare the queen of the royal family of pearls on which they had stumbled larger by far than any of the twenty-five already taken from the shell this latest addition to the number was in shape like a pear in lustre of the purest pale yellow him gold pearl sab cried puggles gleefully grinning from ear to ear other only silver gold pearl plenty price fetching jack old fellow cried don thumping his companion on the back puggles is right we're in luck i've heard the gov say that a golden pearl isn't found once in twenty years the priests are ready to give simply any sum you like for a really fine specimen the native who had concealed himself behind the trunk of the banyan tree leaned eagerly forward so close was he to the absorbed group that he could distinctly hear every word of their conversation as he listened an avaricious glitter shone in his crafty eyes and he rubbed his hands unctuously together as though he were rubbing pearls between them how much do you suppose the lot is worth don jack inquired some thousands of pounds i should say but the gov will be able to tell us say i would better put them in this taking out his watch he drew off the soft chamois leather case and carefully transferred the output of the mammoth oyster from Pug's palm to this temporary receptacle. Now, cried Jack, leaping to his feet, let's make for the schooner, the sun's set, and besides, I shan't feel easy until the golden goldenen is in a safer place than a waistcoat pocket. That's so, assented Don. Point, Pug. When they had disappeared in the crowded bazaar, the shark charmer emerged from behind the tree and took the road to that part of the beach where the boats lay. By the time Don and his companions reached the schooner, the brief twilight had deepened into the grey darkness of early night. The pearls were at once shown to Captain Lee, who confirmed his son's estimate of their value. It would, he said, run well into four figures, if not five. The golden pearl, he pronounced, to be of special value not that it would fetch anything in england said he but wealthy natives and more especially priests stop at nothing to secure a pearl like that i mean that in a double sense my lads so you had better stow your find away in a safe place i shall put it in the little locker under the cabin clock said don it locks and there isn't a safer place on board the schooner wrap your handkerchief round the bag so it won't be noticed if any opens the locker suggested jack it will be safe enough then especially as nobody ever comes here except ourselves and pug but on quitting the cabin to their amazement they came face to face with the chart-charmer he stood at the very bottom of the companionway within a yard of the cabin door and directly opposite the clock and locker what are you doing here cried don advancing upon him angrily "'Nothing, Sab, nothing,' protested the native, dropping a running salvo of salams as he backed up the steps. "'Me only wanting to see big Sab. "'Then be off about your business, "'or you'll get the whipping you missed this morning. "'Do you hear?' And, without further ado, Salambo made for the deck, where they saw him disappear over the side. "'Do you think he saw us at the locker-jack?' Don asked uneasily. "'I should think not, but even if he did, he wouldn't be any the wiser.' He knows nothing about the pearls true enough said Don and so the subject was dropped The cabin clock indicated the hour of ten when they turned in for the night Somehow Don found himself unable to sleep in spite of every effort. He could make to the contrary His thoughts would run on the pearls at last he could stand it no longer Leaping out of his berth, He struck a light and crept noiselessly into the main cabin the companion door stood open to admit the night air, and his candle flared in the draught. "'I'll get to sleep, perhaps, if I take a look at them,' he said to himself as he made his way to the locker. An exclamation of alarm burst from his lips. His hand shook so violently that it was with difficulty he could hold the candle. The lid of the locker stood wide open. Advancing the light, he peered into the receptacle. It contained nothing.' Handkerchief, bag, pearls, all had disappeared. End of chapter 2